Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. As Hannah Montana once said, everybody makes mistakes. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about how to overcome your productivity mistakes. Bridget is laughing at me. She did a great job with that, guys. I just want to note that there is nothing on this page yeah. for what she's going to say. And she just literally made that up on the spot. I, I, I panicked for a second because I'm like, oh, I never filled out like the little intro. And I was like, Hannah Montana comes through every time. Uh, she certainly does, apparently. Okay, but before we jump in, we're going to hear a TSH from Aaron C. from Metro Detroit. <laughs> that was really <laughs> hard for me to get out. So Aaron C. says, my time sucking hurdle is that on Thursday and Friday, my prep time is the last period of the day. By that time, my desk is a mess and I'm exhausted. So I spend my break sitting and staring at the walls, even though I have papers to grade, emails to answer and a desk to straighten up. Any ideas for how to get to the end of the day without wanting to collapse from exhaustion and overwhelm? Love the podcast and haven't missed a single episode. Bridget, you might not understand this reference because I know you haven't been on Instagram oh, as much, but there's a real sound and it goes, come on, brain, think of things. Come on, brain, be yep. so smart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it made me think of. So thank you so much, Erin. We really appreciate you following along with our podcast and we're happy that it's been helpful for you. I completely understand the problem that you're having. When I taught second grade, one of my specials was at the end of the day. So I have been there, but I know Bridget has her prep time at the end of the day currently. So I know she will have some great advice. Honestly, from my experience, the days when I wasn't productive during my prep time, those were the days when I didn't have a plan. And so by the time I got to my planning period, I was too exhausted to try to create a plan so I would do nothing. I suggest really focusing on a power list to complete during your prep time in advance so when the time comes, you know exactly what you need to do. Also, try to prime your environment as much as possible. Take those small steps to make it easy on yourself to get started. A few examples would be to have your tabs open on your computer. Have your pens and stickers out to grade if that's what you're going to be doing. It doesn't sound like much, but it can make a really big difference when it comes to motivating you to get started. Plus, remember how you feel when you don't get anything done. It just kind of adds to the exhaustion and overwhelm, so you want to avoid that. Yeah, really good point, Michelle. So Aaron, I do completely understand how you feel. I also have my prep time at the end of the day, and this is every single day. And there are some days where I feel productive, and it's typically at the beginning of the week because I have more energy. But there have also definitely been days where I have zero energy to get anything done. My advice is to be proactive. I have been tracking my moods a lot more lately, and this has really helped me determine when and what tasks I'm able to accomplish when I know that I'm feeling my best. This is really no different. If you know that you have no desire to do anything during your prep on Thursday and Friday, then you need to decide like what can you take off of your plate for those days and move that to earlier in the week. This may require changing some of your habits, but it will keep you from dreading that time at the end of the week, and it will make sure that you're accomplishing everything before you have to leave to go home on Fridays. I love that tip because it's all about making it work for you and like knowing yourself and your yep. habits and your patterns and being able to adapt to that. 
So this is going to be the final episode in our mini series all about productivity and habits. Just like we did with time management and organization, we are going to share strategies for overcoming some of the most common mistakes that are preventing you from being as productive as possible. So we're going to be using, just as we did with time management and organization, James Clear's four laws of behavior change to help give you some actionable steps that you can take to becoming a productivity master. Oh, so fancy. Fancy. So let's start with Mistake number one, which is we don't make it obvious. Amen. (laughs) These are going to sound repetitive from those other episodes, but we're going to kind of break down what does that mean for productivity. So we, if we don't know exactly what tasks are most important, we end up focusing on tasks that aren't really moving the needle forward. Especially when we have a super long to-do list, we tend to pick out the easiest tasks to complete. I know Mm -hmm. I do this all the time. And those tend to be the least important tasks. So making it obvious refers to knowing the priority of your tasks and making sure you're getting the right things done because we can never do it all. Yeah. So a really good example of this is like it's your planning time and you sit down and you look at your really long to-do list, but you're really unsure of like where to start. So you end up working on like side tasks that are not going to help you become like productive. They're not helping you in any way get anything really accomplished. Yeah, that reminds me of when I would just reorganize my desk drawers because I didn't want to do anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh, is that really what you did? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 100%. Oh my gosh, you really do love organizing. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my God. I'm going to take a picture of these drawers, Michelle. (laughs) Side note, I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing because I know what you're going to react. I have these like drawers that are like those plastic Sterilite, but they're like the fancy drawers. Uh (laughs) And it's underneath like my desk area. I haven't looked at this thing since before COVID. Oh dear. (laughs) Oh, Bridget. I am going to take a picture and I'm going to share it on a story so that everybody else can see it. Oh, boy. It's so funny. You're going to really have a heart attack. Okay. I'm going to brace myself. Uh, Meanwhile, here are some tips for making it more obvious. First, have a set location for creating your weekly to-do list and your power list. If you're going to keep your list digitally, which we really suggest, Mm -hmm. make sure that app, so for example, Google Tasks, is part of your favorites. You know that little section down at the bottom of your iPhone? I don't know what Androids look like, but you can have up to like four apps across the bottom. Make sure it's there. That way you're going to see it and you're going to think to open it more often. The second tip is to order your tasks by priority. So what needs to be done first because it's most important or because it's urgent, that needs to go at the top of your list. We shared all about this in the last episode, 121, Productivity Habits Every Teacher Should Build. So you can go back and listen to that and we give you some more details on how to order them. We give specific habits related. Oh, I just said that. What am I doing? I'm like reading the the bullet, but I already said that. Um, Moving on. The next tip is to eat the frog. So once you have your power list for the day, you want to decide which item from that power list you're going to do first. And it should be the hardest task or the most important tasks. So eat the frog. I think it originally came from a quote by Mark Twain, which then was turned into a book. But 
that book is all about, you know, jumping right into the hardest task because if everything else falls apart, at least you got that one thing done. So you can add like a frog emoji next to the task you plan on completing first on your power list. It doesn't have to be super fancy, but it's going to give you that target and it's going to make it obvious as to what you need to start with. Yeah, good point. Um, so the next mistake, is this a mistake? Are these mistakes? These are mistakes. Yeah, these are mistakes. Is, yes, is that we don't make it attractive. Now, there are two sides to this. And so I'm going to jump into the first kind of way to look at not making something attractive when it comes to productivity first. So the first one is that sometimes being like this productive, like productive teacher does not help you fit in with your people. <laughs> um, and by people, I mean like the teachers at school. So this is when like your team of teachers are leaving early and you don't want to feel like you are living in FOMO. <laughs> Isn't that kind of where, isn't that where it goes, FOMO? Yeah, fear like, of right? missing out. Yeah. So you decide that you're going to get all your things and you're going to peace out even though you have so much that you need to be able, like you need to get done because you want to feel like so you're fitting in, right? Yep. And we often want to feel a part of this group and we, and then we end up leaving our responsibilities. And this is, causes you to feel good in the moment because you're able to chat about uh, chat. But then when you get back to your classroom, words are really hard for me right I now. I know. We're both struggling. I am struggling. <laughs> but Listen, anyways. this is episode number four that we have recorded in well, a row. We've been recording for over two hours. Yeah. It's understandable. Can I also just say, I have no coffee creamer. So oh. I had to like make some bootleg coffee creamer this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, that terminology I found so funny. <laughs> and then on top of that, I have no Diet Coke. So oh, I'm, boy. <laughs> oh, Bridget. It is a struggle right now. So wow. I apologize to anyone who's sitting here listening to me thinking, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I'm so sorry. Okay. <clears throat> so let's kind of backtrack a little bit. So this idea of just kind of leaving and wanting to be able to fit in, but then leaving your responsibilities is going to cause you to feel good in the moment, right? Because you're hanging out with your other teachers, but then you're going to come back to your classroom and you're not going to have your things done. So you're going to feel incredibly overwhelmed. They create an escape in that moment, but it doesn't last forever. So the reality always comes back to like bite you in the rear. The other side that I mentioned, because there's two sides to this, is that some of the tasks that we have to complete aren't fun or exciting, aka report cards, not fun or exciting. So you don't want to do them because we don't want to. And it isn't something that we look forward to doing. And I think sometimes we almost put these two sides together. So for example, you need to get lesson planning done. You have a great plan for your planning time. You're like ready to go. But then a coworker comes in your room to chat. You don't want to be that person that says, sorry, I'm busy. So you talk to your coworker in order to fit in and be part of the group. But at the same time, you didn't really want to lesson plan anyway. Like it was something you were kind of mm -hmm. dreading. It's not fun. It's not exciting. So you end up getting nothing done. Yep. No, I completely agree. <clears throat> so here are some going to be some tips for you. The first tip is going to be temptation bundling. Find activities that you really enjoy doing and then pair it with something that you need to get done. In this case, have like a block of time dedicated to completing tasks and know that you can listen to like your favorite podcast, aka us, and then have your favorite drink. You're making it a pleasing 
The second tip is going to be the pair up with another teacher to hold each other accountable. This may mean finding a time that you both can like work in the exact same room, but not talk to each other until you've both finished. And you need to make sure that you find somebody who's really going to stick to this. So Mm -hmm. if I ended up finding like Lucy and Lucy comes in and starts working with me, but then she starts chit chatting, she's not going to help me move forward. So I need to get rid of Lucy and then move on to like (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) Is there a Lucy in your life? No. Okay. I was curious where that name came from. I have no idea. (laughs) So the third tip is going to be to reframe your mindset. How we think about tasks can give a, have a really big impact on our ability to get things done. So instead of saying like, you know, I have to do this, get, start to say, I get to do this. Like I get to complete this task so that I can do this later on. This could be something related to how you feel like I can be less stressed over the weekend, or it could be a prize for getting things done. Like I can go get pizza with my family. Mm. So try to reframe your mindset when it comes to working on some of those really kind of dreading tasks. Yeah. And that sounds like such a little thing and almost one of those like woo woo kind of things. But when you actually do it, it does make a big difference. It does. Yep. All right. Mistake number three, we don't make it easy. And there are a lot of ways that this is true. I'm going to highlight just kind of three examples. So first of all, we will not adequately plan for the month in advance. And as a result, we feel behind, we feel not prepared, and we don't know where to start. So Mm -hmm. it's not easy to get started. We also will not break down projects far enough and we will have these big projects as one of our to-do lists and then we constantly put it off because it's not easy to get started because it's a big task. And then finally, we don't have systems in place to kind of get us from point A to point B. So going from task is not done to task is completed. Mm -hmm. So because we don't have these systems, we don't know where to start and we avoid it. Like once again, we're not making it easy on ourselves. Yeah. So an example of this is that, you know, you have to lesson plan each week, but you struggle to get started. And this can be because you don't have the right environment to help you and to help create less friction. So this can be templates, a plan, materials out and ready to go. So you end up putting it off and really never accomplishing anything at all. Yep. So my three tips are going to correspond to those kind of three examples that I gave. I mentioned not planning for the month in advance. So the first tip is to take time each month to plan. We discussed this in detail in our last episode, 121 Productivity Habits Every Teacher Should Build. This is an entire process. You have to look at your calendar for events. You have to brain dump all of your tasks, and then you have to organize them into the Eisenhower matrix. In the episode, we recommend using habit stacking to do this all at once. So one habit kind of leads into the other, and this is going to make your life so much easier as the month goes on. We do have a monthly planning page that can help you with this in our digital planner. You can grab that at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. The second thing I mentioned is that we don't break our projects down far enough. So the second tip is to use a project planner. Once again, we have one of these in our planner. It's going to help you break down all of the tasks that make up a project. And then each task should be a separate item on your to-do list. That way it's less overwhelming and you can get started with something simple. The final thing that I mentioned is we don't have those systems to get us from point A to point B. So tip number three is to create templates that will kind of serve as a skeleton. Think about your template like a greeting card. 
Bridget and I have a template for every episode that we outline and it makes the process so much easier. We sit down and we're like, okay, we need to kind of intro the episode. We need to pick out a TSH. We each have to respond to the TSH. And we're never sitting there like just staring at a blank document going, uh, what do we want the episode to be? Like we just dive into the template and it ends up getting done. So if there is a certain task or project that you find yourself putting off every week or every month, find a way to incorporate a template to make it easier. So for example, grading, if you put off grading, especially like grading writing, because you know you're gonna have to write comments all over it, create a stamp for those comments that you're writing all the time. Go on Amazon, you can get a custom stamp for like less than $10, have it delivered to you in just a couple days and it will make that process so much easier. Side note, I really love the stamp that I have. I know it's not like a real stamp, but it is a stamp. The one that you gave me for Christmas. I love oh, the so um, like embosser. Yes. Oh, it's good. so nice. Okay. <laughs> so the final mistake is that we don't make it satisfying. Listen, we mm. all love rewards because they make us feel like we've accomplished something really great. But we often forget to give ourselves rewards because they are small everyday tasks that we just need to get done. But then we just move on to like this next thing thing, right? Create tangible rewards so that later your intrinsic reward starts to kick in and you just enjoy the process of being productive. Yeah. And sometimes you're the teacher who's always on top of your lesson planning. And as a result, your team teachers know to always go to you to ask for materials. So you almost feel like you're being punished for getting things done in advance. You're like, well, what's the point? Like no one else helps me and I just end up making their lives easier. So you kind of stop being proactive because you feel like it isn't fair and you're not getting anything in return. Yep. So here are some tips. The first one is to use a habit tracker. We have one in our planner that I will often print out and then I'll use it in my classroom. Even though it's nice to kind of have it in a digital format, it can be really beneficial to have it in a visual spot every day. So track the tasks that you are accomplishing each day to see how many things you're able to accomplish. And then here's a trick. Can you beat your previous day's tasks? (laughs) can't. So try it out. Um, It's just kind of a different way and a perspective of looking at a task tracker. You know what I mean? Or habit tracker is really what it's called. Um, From there, the second tip is to have a contract with somebody. So again, find an accountability buddy and be strategic with who you ask. This needs to be someone who isn't afraid of giving you some tough love when you need it. Talk with your buddy about your deadlines that you have created. I would tell Michelle that I'm when I wanted certain grad classes to be done by. And so she would always kind of help push me. But then identify what happens when you don't have those items done. So if I didn't have something done, I don't know, Michelle, what would you have done if I didn't have those things accomplished? I probably would have called you and then... You know, I put her on the spot some words. Just now. Yeah, she did put me on the spot. Um, so if you, I I'd like, probably I'm not call talking you. to you until you're done. That really would have upset me. Ooh. I really would okay, have gotten good to sad. Know. Good to know. <laughs> she would not have like talked to me. Yeah, that would have made me sad. Um, so having a defined consequence is really going to help you and motivate you to be able to meet those goals. And again, make sure that this accountability buddy is going to like follow through with the fact that you're not meeting those deadlines. That's really, really important. The final tip is to shift your identity. Incentives start a habit 
but identities are going to sustain a habit. You have to identify as a productive person. It's part of who you are. The satisfaction comes from knowing you are acting as the person that you want to be. So every time you don't have to take things home to work on because you're you were productive during your planning time, you can feel proud that you're taking steps to becoming this productive teacher that you want to be. Yep. And you know what? Schedule that pizza date, schedule that Netflix binge, like yep. have those rewards. I think, you know, sometimes we're so busy trying to always do the next thing and it's like, yeah. it's okay to take time and celebrate yourself. It is. It is. <laughs> okay. As we mentioned, that's going to wrap up this little mini series on productivity and habits. We're going to start moving into the end of the year and giving some tips wow. and strategies for that. I know. <laughs> I know. And then before we know it, it will be summer. It's it's coming, y'all. Okay, it's close. Until then, we would love for you to check out our website, teachingonthedouble.com. You can purchase our digital planners in the store. We do have the new 2022-2023 school year planners launching at the beginning of May. So if you're wanting one of those, you might want to hold off a little bit, but you can grab our digital fitness planner or some stickers while you wait. You also can submit your TSH or time-sucking hurdle, and you have the chance to be featured in a future episode. If you are listening to us through Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review. We do read them. If you're not listening through Apple Podcasts, it doesn't matter. You can still subscribe. That way, every time we drop a new episode on Thursday, it will already be there waiting for you like a nice little gift, a nifty gifty, if you will. Until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.